Welcome everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you find it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, the Longhorn Republic on Facebook and Instagram, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by the world's biggest Lubbock apologist, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if that's uh, if that's true. I've driven through there a few times. One time it was raining so hard that I had to pull over. It's maybe the only time I've ever done that on the side of the highway because I couldn't see inches in front of my car and people were still driving like 70. Um, and uh, one time uh, I was riding with someone and they got a ticket. Uh, and Maybe there's been a third time I've, I've been in, in Lubbock myself. But I'll tell you what. I don't hate everyone from Lubbock. There are some good people. Uh, none of them have opinions about Chris Beard being the head coach of Texas basketball because those people are mean. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I will say there's some there's some decent folks, and we have uh, one of the single best humans that I know to come out of the city of Lubbock for any period of time today, and it's always fun to have our dude on, Albie, to talk some Texas Tech. We are eight weeks from kickoff, so we are barreling down through our rundown of the Texas schedule. We've gone through non-conference, and so now we get to start the conference slate. And we we say this a lot because we just love all these people, but legitimately, I think one of our favorite guests, I'll be sure, from the Tortillas and Takes podcast, one of, again, not just one of the best-named people on Big 12 Twitter, but one of the best-named products on Big 12 Twitter as well. Uh, I'll be sure the host of the big of uh, the Tortillas and Takes podcast joins us to help us preview the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Albie, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. So what I got? What do I have to do to be number one? You said I'm one of your favorites. I want to be the favorite. Is it? Who do I got to step over? Is it Melissa? Is it Philip? Is it a? Uh, you know, don't, don't some heavy hitters. Yeah, I'm, don't, don't I'm, make I'm, us rank our children here. <laughs> oh, man, I, so I. I mean, we we Melissa, we hype up quite a bit. I mean, she's, it's hard. It's no, she's hard to top. top Melissa. She's great. She's great. She just had. She wasn't such a delightful human. It would be easier to step <laughs> over. But she, I mean, she's just she's good in all phases. All she's she's a five tool player. Tell me, she's your favorite without telling me she's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, the top. Always guest on our podcast. Top twelve. <laughs> hey, I'll take it in a ten team league. I'll be <laughs> in our top twelve. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, what we're doing is every week we go through one of the opponents on Texas schedule. We obviously do it in order. And so this week, the Texas Tech Red Raiders are up to kickoff conference play. And so Albie Tech is heading into the year two and a half. We'll call it 2A maybe. Last year was 2A. I don't know. Um, Since last year was a weird one for everyone, unless it wasn't a weird one for you. But uh, he improved his conference win total by one in spite of it being a weird year. I mean, granted, going from two to three is it is what it is. But what are the expectations for Wells heading into year two? What are we what are we hoping? How does how does he keep himself from from ended up on the hot seat at the end of this one? So we were joking pre-pod. We were talking about how like last year was a COVID year. Before the year started, everybody was saying how, oh, this year doesn't really count for anything. We're going to, you know, just give everybody a chance. 
But then at the end of the year, nobody treated it like it didn't count for anything. Texas Tech fans were probably the worst when it came to that, right? Like this was a season. Tech last year went four and six. Uh, we had three, like you said, three uh, conference wins. And if we play a full non-con uh, schedule, we are a six and six team, which is all anybody wanted us to be, right? And he's off the hot seat. Nobody cares. It's a whole big thing. We go home. We're happy. We made a bowl game. Hip hop parade. But instead, because of a COVID season where he goes four and six and just does things that he does, like being up 15 with three minutes and 13 seconds to go against Texas and blowing it. Um, <laughs> now he's on the hot seat, right? Like, so I personally, I think this is his first real year. Like Kingsbury left him a bear cupboard. That team sucked. The team was not any good. <laughs> Recruiting was really bad. He had to build things up. The team hasn't been good for the last, well, hasn't been good for a while, but for at least for Matt Wells, it hasn't been good for the last two years. Uh, so this is the first like actual talented team he's had. So this is the first year he, he actually gets to coach talented players. Problem is the first year he gets to coach talented players, he's on the hot seat. Like there's no, yeah. if it, I, I've never seen a tech coach in his third year be on the hot seat, but Hokut didn't exactly make, give him confidence that he could, that, you know, he has safety. I mean, it, last year um, after making the Cumbie hire, Hokut was pretty straight up and was like, Hey, we need to win. We, we, you know, everybody else is winning. You need to, too. So do, do you think it has anything to do with if you're good looking as the head coach, you get a couple extra years and they're trying to critique Matt Wells uh, appearance? Because I think he's a handsome. He's got a dad vibe. It's okay. That's kind of okay. nice. But, you know, you, you can't follow up Cliff in that capacity. Look, I personally am a fan of truly uh, favoriting good looking people over everybody else. I that's that's hey, I think that they're good looking for a reason. You got to show them favoritism. OK, the that's why the that three of us are on this podcast. You know, that's the only people that disagree with that are ugly people. And should we really care about their opinion? So, um, <laughs> no, but I mean, in all seriousness, it's, I do think that the Matt Wells slander among Texas Tech community has gotten a little out of hand, right? Like, I, I think a lot of people weren't happy with the hire, me included, but I, I think that he, up to this point, uh, because of what he was given at the, at the beginning of his tenure, because it's only his third year, like, who the hell are we? Like, let's not act like we're this blue blood that expects excellence from the beginning. We don't, right? Like, give us, you got to give your coach at least four years, regardless of the situation. So I think Tech fans do need to calm down a little bit um, and let Matt Wells do his thing. And if at the end of four years, he still sucks as much as he does right now, then okay. But at least give him two more. All right. Well, so I like that. I like that. I li- I like that. Um, we talked about good-looking folks. A guy with some good-looking stats who's on his way out is Alan Bowman. Uh, for Sonny, Com- you mentioned Sonny Cumbie is the OC. Uh, quarterback situation maybe a little bit up there. Probably the front runner from our minds. Tell us if we're correct. Is Tyler Shuck? I, de- I double and triple check to make sure that's actually how you pronounce it. Uh, from the Oregon Ducks. Um, I don't know how Shuck rhymes with Texas Tech, but we'll get there. Uh, but he's probably the dude. Uh, he had. Uh, is over 63% completion, uh, almost 1600 yards, 13 TDs to six INTs last year for Oregon. Is he automatically the guy? And, and if so, what does the offense look like with him? Yes. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know why the Red Raider football staff wants to make this a whole mystery and, you know, maybe Houston won't know who we're going to put out there. Like, come on now. Like, let's not, let's not play with ourselves. He's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, the guy, I mean, the guys that are in camp, like Henry Columbia is, I guess the best chance at unseating him. But, uh, if you watch Henry Columbia play last year, you know, he's not going to be the starter. Um, and so, and then also there's Baron Morton, who was the star recruit, probably the, the, um, highest name quarterback recruit we've had since Davis Webb, I would say. 
Um, yes, I think as a recruit, he's higher rated than Pat Mahomes. But if you know Pat Mahomes as a recruit, that's not really saying much. Um, but uh, yeah, so Baron Morton and people in tech fans are really excited about Baron Morton, but he's a true freshman. He's 18. Like that's like I, I going into this year, I uh, I was a little worried if Baron Morton was going to be the starting quarterback simply because he's he's I don't care who you are coming in at 18 and expecting to be the starter. Is, is rough. I mean, I think, I think Webb and, and Mayfield did an okay job when they were 18, but they, people came to forget that Mayfield wasn't any good when he was at tech, you know, he, um, and I, not only that, but even Pat Mahomes, first few games as a true freshman filling in for Davis Webb also wasn't that good. He didn't really get good to that final game against Baylor. So I was really worried about Barry Morton potentially being the starter. Uh, second Tyler Shuck decided to come over to tech. I was much more happy. Now I do think tech fans are overrating him a bit, uh, because they see draft analysis of him being a potential top five pick and second round pick and this, that, and the other, and forget that that happens all the time. And then people watch them play and they shoot him back down the draft rounds. Um, so I do think he's a little overrated, but Tyler Shuck, I think expectations for him needs to be calmed down. He, all he has to do is be about as good, if not, or maybe a little bit better than Alan Bowman was at the end of the year. That's it. We, we're going to have a good season as long as he's as good or a little bit better than Alan Bowman was at the end of the year. Um, and if we get that, I'll be happy. So at end of the year, Alan Bowman, not like heights, Alan Bowman, because Alan Bowman had some heights. No. So, so Alan Bowman is another talk about another guy that is, has the fan base. I wouldn't say split because most of the tech fan base did not like him uh, oh, towards okay. the end. Like they loved him freshman year. Of course, he was great. Him and Brock Purdy were the two best freshmen yeah. in the country. They was fantastic. Uh, then he was hurt his sophomore year. Um, and then last year, he started the season off mediocre, uh, played very scared because he spent a year and a half hurt um, and made mistakes and got benched. Henry Columbia came in and was – the first game came in, looked good. Then he wasn't very good after that. Um, and then he got benched, Right. And so when Bowman came back, he kind of played fearless. He kind of played as if, look, I just lost my job. Let me just go out there and sling it. And Bowman played well. He played. And, and I know a lot of people were, were, you know, worried about the quarterback situation this year because they didn't think Bowman was the guy. But for me, as long as Bowman had played the way he played at the end of the year, if, if he plays that way in Michigan, I think he'll be good. I'm, I'm still team Bowman. I like Bowman. I don't think he had that many problems. But with Shuck, you get an added dimension because Shuck's more athletic. Chuck and I, Chuck's actually willing to scramble. He's actually willing to run around a little bit. Um, and he's, I think, just as accurate as Bowman was, uh, which Bowman I, I thought was actually a decent quarterback when it came to accuracy. I think reads were a little off for him. And that's another problem that Chuck has as well. Um, but I think Chuck was, he was good in the spring game. I like what I see so far. He's that prototypical six foot five, tall, stand in the pocket, but scramble if you need to quarterback. And uh, with paired with Cumbie, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not going to lie. I, Listen, you saw I saw David Yost for two years out in uh, for Texas Tech. Okay, I at this point, let me call the plays, and, and it might be an improvement <laughs> over what David Yost is doing the last two years. Um, but I, I, though TCU fans are, would laugh at the prospect of Sonny Cumbie uh, captaining any offense because I know they hate him over there. Um, I, for one, am excited to see what Sonny Cumbie can do because last time he was at Tech, he's pretty damn good. So one. You said Alan Bowman playing scared. Like if I had a collapsed lung, you'd never see me again. So like, fair. it's understandable. That's fair. But I mean, I can't play scared. Scared money don't make none. But so you talk about Cumby and, and the offense he could put together. And one of the advantages he has and uh, Tyler Shuck or whoever does take it over, probably Tyler Shuck, is that tech returns 
It's three leading rushers from a year ago, as well as, and I'm going to butch Eric Uzakanma. Uzakanma, close. Uzikanma, okay. I, wrong accent on the E, but it's fine. So he was the leading rush, uh, leading receiver by like 400 yards a year ago. And so with a guy like Cumby, who um, likes to do multiple things, and he's got a, a couple of tools and toys he can he can work with. So what are what are the expectations for the new offense with so much returning production from a year ago? Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, so I, the optimistic side says that he's going to be go back to the air raid combo we saw at Tech. The air raid combo we saw that first couple years at TCU where they were just where they almost went to the, to the college football playoff. Um, and that's what. And even in the spring game, they were they were throwing the ball around. They we have great running production, but they were still throwing it. And that's what uh, I think a lot of people are expecting for some form of like a spread offense where you used to, to come back. Um, I also watched Sonny Cumbie as the offensive coordinator for TCU for the last four or five years. And so I am not that optimistic either. Uh, there is something to be said as far as whether he was, whether some of his calls and his play calling and offense was being held back by Gary Patterson, who didn't necessarily want to do that. Right. So it depends on what side of side you're on in that aspect. Um, it seemed like Doug Meacham over at TCU fits Gary Patterson's philosophy a little bit more. But that being said, um, Cumbie has full range in this offense. I mean, Wells lets his OCs run with it. Uh, as we saw with David Yost last two years, who was awful and Wells still wanted to keep him. So he, they, he lets his OCs run with it. Uh, the offense in the spring game did look different, but I will say it didn't look that different. I still think we're going to run the ball quite a bit. We have a really good running game. So Roger Thompson is one of the best running backs in the big 12. Um, y'all's running back is better, but so I still good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I still good. Todd Brooks really showed what he could do last year as well. Um, and uh, one name I think in the running game to watch out for is Xavier White. Xavier White, we started seeing him a lot towards the end of the season last year, and he's that change of pace back that we expected Chardarius Townsend to be. And, and X came in at the end of the year and was just that guy that could catch balls out of the backfield could really make defenders miss an open field. And he was impressive and he didn't get as much playing time as some of the other running backs. So um, I think he's a name to watch out for as well. And so it's, I, I, listen, the offense brought back virtually everybody. Like that's the thing is, is that you, Tyler Shuck has, we we're talking about bear cabinet before he has a full plethora of people to go with. I mean, Eric Zucama, unfortunately is hurt. Uh, he's going to be questionable for the Houston game, but by the time we play Texas, he should be good to go. Hopefully uh, I listen, where's my mic. Eric Izukanma is the best wide receiver in the Big 12. Okay. Here first. The one of his takes. There it is. There, there it is. Eric Izukanma is that good. He is he's next in line in the legacy of Texas Tech wide receivers. We don't have a lot of legacies, okay? But it's going to be a legacy. I'm going to hold on to it. And wide receiver is one of them. Um, and, yeah, he is he is our last great wide receiver was Kiki QT. I think Izukanma is right there, right after it. Like, he's, he's that good. I, he scared me for sure. Um, a, a guy I, I wouldn't want to see every single week. I think there's some good receivers in the Big 12, but it'd be interesting. At the end of the year, we'll, we'll check back and, and, and read. I will give you credit, Albie. Last year, a lot of folks were predicting this tech team to take a little bigger jump, I think, than you did. And you came on this very podcast and said, look, we're not going to be great this year. Like, we're probably going to win four, five games. But you hit the nail on the head. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. Your takes are often measured. Um, I, I will say uh, I will miss David Yost just from a, a hilarious um, Texas pregamer satire perspective because the man looked like uh, Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But uh, but here's the thing. You can't look like that and then suck. Like, if you're going to look true. like that, you need to be good at your job. Like, that's, the, that's my whole problem with him. 
I think if he would have cut the hair and could have seen the, the plays he was calling, maybe he, he would have been better. I don't know. But on the on the other side, you have a different Patterson, uh, Keith Patterson, I believe, the defensive coordinator. And he brings back probably not quite as much talent as the offense, but you at least bring, bring back uh, the two leading tacklers from last year in the linebacking group, which is a great thing to have in the Big 12. And Kirshen Merriweather and a name that Texas hands will be familiar with, the, uh, the, the other schooler uh, based on his signature – goal line big hit some might say the cooler schooler but i i like both of them uh colin schooler uh how can the red raiders and 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 coach wells and, and patterson build around them and what's the defense uh projecting to this year so our linebacking group is really really good like really really good i mean it's iowa state's better obviously um west virginia is also probably better i but i honestly man third or fourth in the big two like they're that they're really good we brought everybody back. It was another surprise. I definitely thought Schooler was gone, um, but he decided to come back for another year. Merriweather had a really good year last year, kind of a surprising year. And then not only that, but the leader of the defense is Rico Jeffers, who's been mm-hmm. here forever. <laughs> uh, right? So he's um, he's a leader. Of the de- yeah, I mean, he's – he's uh, um, hell, he's been here since since the Crabtree catch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, he's, he's – Rico's the leader of the defense. The defense kind of falls behind him. Uh, I actually but, thought he was gone. I didn't include him in my preview because <laughs> I thought he was actually gone. I mean, he, he's still here. I, <laughs> you know, and, and here's the thing about the linebacking group is that, like, every single one of them, if they, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I heard their name on Sundays. Like, that's – I think Jeffers, Merriweather, Schooler, uh, Jacob Morgenstern, who we, we have a joke on tortillas and takes, or last year we did when we were the artist formerly known as the Air Raid podcast, um, that at the beginning of the season, I was like, who the hell is this Jacob Morgenstern? He's a nobody. And then he came on and had an incredible year, uh, like an absolutely like out of nowhere. He played that new uh, spur position, which is, is, is uh, that Keith Patterson implemented and was fantastic. Um, and so he's another one that's really going. And, I, and I, he actually just changed his number to 24, which means that he is uh, really embracing that spur line. And you're going to see him, especially uh, in coverage a lot more. I imagine um, saw that a lot in the spring game as well. Uh, Brandon Boyer Randall was another transfer. Like the linebacking crew is really, really good. Uh, the D-line, also, Tony Bradford apparently made the biggest step in the spring. He's a big name to watch out for. He'll be the starting nose tackle. Uh, he gained a lot of weight, gained a lot of strength. Um, he's going to be really good. We did lose Eli Howard, who's now – actually, was announced today he's going to Canada to play for the Argonauts. Uh, but um, so, but Tyree Wilson is a name that um, should – he – dude's a beast. Dude, Tyree Wilson, he didn't get – he didn't play too much last year. Um, you started seeing him a little bit towards the end of the season. Uh, but Tyree Wilson is another one that is absolutely scary. Uh, but then we get to the secondary. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, um, but Texas Tech secondary isn't really known for being good. <laughs> I've seen it. And I'm just, I've seen it. Will, will, will this year be the year that they change? Probably not. Uh, they're not. That, there's this, this is the weakness on the entire team still. Um, but I will say they're better. But it's hard to improve from one of the worst in the country. So like, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's only place to go, but up. Yeah. And we did, and we did lose our, like we did lose one of the best secondary players we've had in a, in a quite a while uh, as well. So what we're really hoping this year is, is you're hoping that Adrian Fry who had a great freshman year, but kind of been um, the last two years, hasn't really been there. You're hoping he returns back to form. Now that he's back in the corner. Uh, you're hoping the transfer from LSU, Eric Monroe, who again showed glimpses of greatness but wasn't consistent. You're hoping that he comes in. You're hoping Marcus Fields, who has been here as long as Rico Jeffers, um, 
finally shows up as well and is more consistent as well. Like that's consistency is the main thing. I think the one main thing, the one thing for the secondary they have this year that they haven't had in maybe a decade is depth. And that at the very least is a good thing. We have a lot of transfers, Reggie Pearson transfer, uh, Rashad Williams is a transfer, Marcus Waters is a transfer. So like you're hoping that at the very least a guy gets mossed 50 yards down the field, we can take him out and put a fresh legs in there. Right. Like that's, yeah. But you know, as a tech fan, what I'm worried about is, is that linebacking crew plays great defense gets pressure on the quarterback and he just chunks a 40 yard bomb up there and the secondary can't cover it because that's been our life for the last decade. So Albie, you mentioned off, you mentioned off the top of the, the show, kind of switching gears a little bit um, that six and six would have been a good year last year. And if, if tech played all of its games, they probably would have gotten to six and six. So like when you think about year, whatever year, two and a half, or what, what, what are your expectations? What would you say would be a successful year? You look back at the end of the season, you're like, this year was successful, man. What would you say from a Texas tech perspective? So, well, for one, you can't go three years without a bowl game. We have like, like, we're not, we're not UT. We're not going to ask for us to be contenders though. Y'all haven't been contenders and Lord knows how long too, <laughs> but um, we're not, we're, that's, that's not the priorities that we have in place, but we do ask you to consistently go to a bowl game. Like it's, you get, you got to do it. And even hell, even Kingsbury didn't go three years without a bowl game. Right. Like you just, that's just minimum requirement. So you got to, though, I do think if we had played a full season, if it wasn't COVID year, we would have made a bowl game last year. He has no choice. He has to make one this year. It is what it is. Um, I think, see, it's funny enough. I, I think a lot of people don't know how much talent's on this Texas Tech team. I think a lot of people think of Tech, they think of Matt Wells and how he's been the last two years and assume we're going to be bad. I, I, I've seen four and eight from people that should be better than that. Um, and so it just, we're not going to be that bad. Uh, I think, in my opinion, this, the, this team had any other jersey on, if this team was in Stillwater instead of Lubbock, people would say this is an eight, nine, one team, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that's how much talent's on the team. I, uh, I think seven wins is the minimum. I, I think he's got to get seven wins. I think six wins won't get him fired, um, but we'll still keep the pressure on him. Uh, seven and up will at least temper it a little bit. F- five and he's, he might want to look for vacation homes in Utah. Because um, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I can't like boosters. Let me tell you something. Te- Texas boosters are the worst, but tech boosters ain't too far off. Like people think we ain't got money. We have like, they're, they're going to go out and they're going to spend. And um, they're not happy. They weren't happy with the Wells hire. Uh, This was whole cuts hire. And they have reminded him of it every other day since every loss, they remind whole cut of it. Um, And he may not be able to make the next hire. (laughs) This doesn't go very well. So that's, that's exactly right. Athletic directors, you'll be surprised. The hot seat doesn't always just extend to the coach and athletic directors can get uh, real itchy with the trigger finger when their own seat gets warm. So I completely understand that. So uh, besides just uh, whether the coach makes a bowl and, and, and gets to uh, gets to stay in the metropolis of Lubbock, um, what storylines are you watching this year? So, I mean, an easy one is Shuck and how he blends in with the, the tech offense and, and tech. Another easy one is Cumbie and how, what, what actually does his offense look like? He no longer has, uh, he no, no longer has the excuse of Patterson, right? He no longer has the excuse of being a co, um, both at tech and TCU. So well, that, that's, I think kind of easy. Um, but I, I think, the, I mean, all the storylines are still going to be surrounding the coaching staff and, and can they finally put it together? Like I said, the talents, the talents there, I, I think it's far from a player standpoint, um, you got hell, you got TJ Stormont, who was one of the best, if not the best, left tackle in Big 12 last year. You actually got him to transfer from TCU to tech, which 
I don't really get, but <laughs> you got him to do it. And so you have one of the better o- o- offensive lines. You have, like I said, arguably the best off, uh, wide receiver in the Big 12. Um, you have a really good front seven. You have a secondary. Um, and so I, I just think how they put the team together is the main thing. How can you finally get uh, win games you're supposed to, not be up 15 with three minutes and 13 seconds to go and lose? Who does that anyways? Um <laughs> I don't think I'll ever let that go. That's uh, that was tough. <laughs> oh man! So there, there's a. If anybody's doing anything quiet when Al when Albie hit that moment, you may have to like put your kid back to sleep or something. If you're rocking the baby, listen to the podcast. We want to apologize for <laughs> Albie waking your kid up there for a minute. But I get well, it. That that frustration. Oh, let me tell you something. That broke me. There. Oh, last year <laughs> I was because here's the thing. I'm I come you come into a game, right? And I can talk to y'all about this. This is against you. You come into a game <laughs> expecting to lose, right? Team, or, uh, you know, Texas would be pretty good. Sam Ellinger in his 30th year. Like, that's that's okay. That's <laughs> like, they, they, we should lose this game. And then they come out. They play lights out. Bowman's slaying it. The team's playing good. Defense is stopping people. I mean, it's easy because the ball doesn't travel more than five yards with Ellinger. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> they're, they're doing a good job. And you're up 50. Huge bust through the hole. Uh, run by Sir Roger Thompson to the touchdown, which if he had knelt, we probably would have win. But that's besides the point. Yes, true. Um, but he scores a touchdown. You're like. Three minutes and 13 seconds to go. Like, game's over. And then Bowman, getting all cocky and stuff because he thinks he's hot stuff, does the horns down, right? Which the horns down is getting pretty. It's getting kind of like from a from a horn hater, I can say. It's getting a little overdone. Like, now it's not a – it's too much. It's, it's you know. Those schools have made it their official hand sign at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's coming. I, I passed somebody on the highway with with longhorn plates. I'm giving them the horns down, baby. Yeah, it's just it's, – it's getting too much. It's getting, it's getting really corny. And, and yeah. I'm – I'm very anti-corny. So, um, uh, yeah, but he does that, and then he forgets that the coaching staff refuses to play to win. So they're going to play prevent defense for the rest of the game. And then he also forgets that our onside recovery and onside teams are probably the worst in college football um, <laughs> for the past. Listen, we've, we've given up two touchdowns on onside kicks. No, no, no. Like on, we onsided the ball. And gave up two touchdowns in the past <laughs> six years. Like that's that's what something that's never happened to anybody else has happened to us twice. If he gets that, and so of course I'll get the ball back, and of course you score another touchdown. Of course we go to overtime, and of course we lose it. Um, that's just the things that, thanks to the the pirate curse, that's the things that happened to us. So it is what it is. <laughs> uh, well, for all of the tech fans who are listening to this, just remember horns stay up, and bad things don't always happen. But all of the players, pretty much, uh, Mr. Epps, who recovered that, and, and Mr. Ellinger, who you mentioned, uh, have moved on. So you don't have to deal with those specific things. There might be different ones. You know, we, we will preview Texas. Feel free to listen to that one. But I think we transitioned now, Gerald, uh, to the part of the show that everyone comes to you for, especially when we have someone with the personality of Albion. We're going to go to a segment shooting the hip where we, uh, we're going to ask you some stuff we didn't necessarily prepare you for. This is just off-the-cuff, rapid-fire style. And uh, I, I'm going to team my good friend Gerald up to give him first choice because we have some choice uh, questions down in the comments here. So, Gerald, let's uh, tee it up, shoot from the hip. So, if you had a, a dunk booth that was filled with whatever nastiness you wanted to fill it in, you know, whatever, right? Well, we'll leave – we got a clean rating, so we'll leave it there. But if you had – to pick the man you have on the seat in the dunk booth, Craig James, Tommy Tuberville, or new Texas basketball coach, Chris Beard, who would go on the seat Ooh. in the dunk booth filled with Damn. whatever, whatever nastiness you want. 
Dang, dang, dang. So let me, I'll, I'll roll one. Well, huh, it's tough because do I, am I doing this for uh, tech or because they're terrible people? Because like, I've, I've met Chris Beard. He's, it sucks what he did. He's actually, like when I met him, he was a nice guy. I had his, you know, he was, uh, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, Tommy Tobovo is the worst human being. And so, oh man, but Craig James, <laughs> like, I say Tuberville is a terrible human being. Craig James. Craig James is so bad, he couldn't even get a political seat. Like, that's how, much, <laughs> that's how bad of a person Craig James is. Um, I'm not going to do revisionist history here. I'm going to say Craig James because he's a crappy, crappy individual. Um, but uh, are- but I guarantee you right now, 95% of tech fans would say Chris Beard and wouldn't even give it a second. <laughs> uh, we, we've seen the mentions on Twitter. I, I, I think you are the, the lone one not talking uh, about Chris Beard. But there's oh, the fam- don't get me wrong. I've I got plenty of things to say about Chris Beard, too. <laughs> but it's just when you're Tommy Tuberville and Craig James, like that's, that's next level. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's on another, another stratosphere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the, there's there's uh, the families of five women who thank you so much for your service for that throw. But uh, a, a alum from Texas Tech, Brad Leland, great character actor, beloved by both members of this podcast from his role as Buddy Garrity, both in the movie and TV show Friday Night Lights. Uh, again, a, a proud Red Raider. Now, go with me into this hypothetical world where Buddy Garrity exists. And in this hypothetical world, the Big 12 participates in the SEC cheating uh, that obviously we, we do not partake in in the real world. Big 12 doesn't cheat like that ever. We've never oh, done that once. Um, but if we did, and Buddy Garrity was there, how would Buddy Garrity launder that money to Texas Tech players? Uh, well, so completely hypothetical. Doesn't happen. <laughs> but I would imagine he would open up a car dealership. And I would imagine... <laughs> He would hire said players on to this car dealership. And I'd imagine these players would not actually work at the car dealership. You would just see them driving the cars and likely also getting paid for it. Again, completely hypothetical. Never seen it happen. Of course, not I, not whatsoever, but hypothetically, that'd be how you do it. Right. The Rep Bomar or uh, uh, hypoth- whatever that uh, quarterback yeah, yeah. was no, no, in no. the hypothetical no. world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so if you had to pick, if, if, you had to pick a team. There, there are four rivals here. Yeah. Which one do you hate the most, right? So we've got we'll, – we'll throw Texas out there because we, we, it's come up, right? It's fair. We understand. It, it is what it is. Um, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Sooners, the Texas A&M Aggies, or West Virginia in the John Denver Bowl. Which one, which one do you hate the most? Which one no would you TC. hate the most? No TCU, huh? Um, is, that, right? is that a write-in vote? Yeah, so I – I personally don't like TCU. I, I just don't don't like. Oh, I hate Gary Patterson. He's the worst. Like Gary, <laughs> Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson's revered and all this other crap. He sucks. Like I, I dislike. Not sucks as a coach, but sucks as a person. Like he's not. I, I just don't like Gary Patterson whatsoever. Makes the whole battery thing that just didn't happen, right? Like he is just. I just don't <laughs> like Gary Patterson. So there's that. So I don't like TCU. Uh, TCU baseball, Tech baseball. They kind of have a thing because we're the only okay. two good. Uh, programs over the last decade, y'all had one good year. Relax. Um, <laughs> in the uh, in the Big Twelve, and so I just TCU. I don't like. But if I was going between those four, and Tech fans for the most part will still say Texas. Um, though you know, I just I, I, I'm, I'm, honestly my hate towards Texas. Beard's pushed it up. Don't get me wrong. Beard definitely <laughs> pushed it up. But uh, I just don't hate y'all that much. I just I don't know what it is. I just y'all are cocky. And and some can be egotistical as fans, but like, you know, half the students don't even care about sports. So like, I just I, I leave it alone. Um, it'd probably be 
I do hate Oklahoma, but it, it would probably him, him, dude. Like, yeah. I know we haven't played them in a decade, but like, oh <laughs> they my suck. god, they're just they're they're the worst people. Um, I, I I fun fact, I actually uh, when I was in Houston looking for grad programs to do that. Uh, a&M has a big building in city by city center uh, for an MBA program. I walked by there. It was, I was interested, really good MBA program in, in the state of Texas, but as a grown person doing an executive MBA, they want you to still go out to college station and learn their, their, uh, their tradition. Why the hell would I do that? I'm grown. <laughs> like, what, what do I look like? <laughs> like no, anyways. Yeah. A&M's the answer. I don't care. We haven't played them in a decade. A&M is still the answer. And <laughs> They uh they're they're scared to play anybody in football. It's kind of embarrassing. I mean, I get y'all, I get y'all have UT and AM have this weird like cat fight going on, but well, they even, won't they <laughs> even even tech, they don't you won't play tech, you won't play Baylor. That's don't be weird. Absolutely. Yeah, they yeah, yes. The the correct answer is always AM. They are the worst. If uh Twitter threads and and or any converse or any uh measure then i'm sure there's at least a thousand aggies listening to this podcast right now uh because it's a, a ut texas tech podcast so this is where they would be um so i hope they aren't too angry because again thank you for listening um but uh uh let's uh let's finish it on one right here i'll be this is this is uh tailored for you specifically this is a toss-up um we know you're a soccer guy. I know you used to do the Dynamo stuff when you were in Houston. Um, the Euros are going on right now. Give us your your best or hottest take from, from of course, again, remember, takes and tortillas where you can find Albie. Give us your hottest soccer take. It can be MLS. It could be European. It can be general. Your hottest soccer take. What do you got? Um, <laughs> I mean, I might take what have been that France is going to win the Euros, but that's out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so uh, I'll I'll say this I will say this is that we have I, I my take I don't know how much of a take this is but if you like the MLS but don't like the NWSL you need to reevaluate your soccer watching experience because if you are willing to watch the tenth or eleventh best American or eleventh best soccer league in the world but not the number one best women's soccer league in the world like what's you know what's wrong with you I mean it's let's be real the NWSL players could probably beat the MLS players in games. Like it's not, yeah. So really that's, I, I don't know how much of a take that is, but I people like really it. need to reevaluate themselves if they watch the MLS, but refuse to watch the NWSL. That makes no sense. What? And we do actually kind of jokes about the Aggies. I don't know how much percentage they make up, but we do have a lot of listeners from Houston. And so if you are listening to us from Houston, remember the, the reigning champions are your Houston dash folks. You need hey, to get out there, support the NWSL. Yeah. Not, not the dynamo. That's another thing. Like Houston, like why the hell are you watching the dynamo with the ownership that has, they did get a new owner, but the ownership hasn't cared about that team in the last decade. And the dash just absolutely actually won a championship. Yeah. That's a great example. Right. So, um, you know, but yeah, my, the other one would have been that France, man, that France, Switzerland game. Whew, buddy. That was, that, was, that was fantastic. Oh, actually bigger take. Cristiano Ronaldo is the best player to ever play the sport of soccer. Um, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Ronaldo is the best. Love it. Uh, Maradona's second best. Maradona is way better than Pele. I don't know why there's that conversation Ooh. also. Like, That's yes, hot. way better. That's hot. Way better than Pele. Um, Pele is very, very, well, he's still great, but he's over. <laughs> he's over. These are the hot takes you come for. I hope everyone stayed to the end because it is scintillating right now. I was with you with, with Ronaldo being the best of all time. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to step back and let you be the face of this, this uh, take. Mar Maradona won a World Cup by himself. Yeah, two feet and Pele, and Pele was on the greatest team of all time and still couldn't beat Maradona. Maradona's 
the set was the was the goat. Now Ronaldo has surpassed him. Love it. Okay, I'll allow it. So Albie, we're we're gonna let you go. We know you've got you've got a family. You've got other media things you're doing tonight. So we want to give you back to at least your family. Maybe I don't know whoever, but somebody somebody's missing you right well, now. But I, so, have, I have three daughters. If you, as long as y'all want to keep me, that is. <laughs> That's oh, working. Yeah, <laughs> out of the office, kids. But if people want more of what you've got, and they should, because honestly, you are legitimately one of the best people out there on Big Twelve Twitter, man. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? So, Tortillas and Takes Podcast. Uh, we are part of the Guns Up Podcast Network. A lot of good people across the Guns Up Podcast Network. Um, Guns Up Boys, Talking Tech, all those Rambling Raiders. Um, love those guys. Tortillas and Takes, though. We're 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 number one. Love the guys, but we're, we're, we're the top Texas Tech podcast you're going to hear. I get to hear my lovely voice um, as well as my two co-hosts as well. Uh, so we're good. Also be on the lookout. I got some other fun, surprising things that should be on the horizon. Um, hopefully one concerning women's sports. That's why I just talked about the NWSL. Nice. Um, so I'm a big proponent of women's sports. I think they get the raw end of the deal a lot of the times. And yeah. So, yeah. We will always allow women's sports talk on our podcast. It's the best way Always. to go. Albie, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you taking the time. Have a fantastic, fantastic evening, brother. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Gerald. So let's take a look at the world through some burnt orange lenses. A lot of uh, a lot of professional Longhorns doing their thing this week. We'll start off with a heartbreaker. I was actually uh, catching the end of, of a pretty crazy playoff. Kramer Hickok, who, uh, if you watched or saw the stories after, famous for being Jordan Spieth's roommate in college on that national championship team uh was just shy as close as a human being can be to winning his first pga event uh lost a heartbreaking eight hole playoff of the travelers championship this weekend um it is the second longest sudden death playoff in pga tour history um lipped out two putts that if he would have made either one would have won the playoff was just uh was a crushing one felt terrible for him um also my guy bo hostler two longhorns who haven't won one haven't necessarily been in contention uh but but uh bo was around my time in in little after me in texas cowboys uh finished top 10 four shots off the lead and then keeping it golf graduating senior christopher bring uh wins the european amateur championship which earns him a spot in probably the coolest golfing event in the world the 100 and i believe it's 49th playing of the open championship at royal st george gerald do you know where royal st george where the open championship is played in england absolutely no clue whatsoever sandwich uh the earl of sandwich is real sandwich is where the oldest golf tournament in the uh, continuously in the history of golf is played. Gerald, have you watched? Speaking of Longhorns going on, have you watched any of Jericho Sims in NBA draft combine? It, it is absurd. Jericho went ahead and made himself a little bit of money, uh, jumping out of the gym and really impressing with his athleticism. Something that uh, we knew he had, but it's nice to see some confirmation in these uh, testing numbers. Second highest jump ever, a 44 and a half, I think, uh, vertical posted at the combine. And again, he's 260 some odd pounds. Uh, he's already like almost seven feet tall to do that. We always said on this podcast he had springs for legs, and I think he proved it just just on physicals alone, doing some good stuff also in the combine workouts. Greg Brown also working out there. Uh, been a little bit up and down from reports, but uh, I think he'll hopefully get it ironed out. And then, Gerald, we promised we would give the Olympic updates every week. So um, 
couple couple updates on the on the track. We have four, I believe, uh, three more this week. Olympic qualifiers, including one of the favorites of the pod, Tara Davis, uh, gets to go represent Team USA. Hopefully does it just as well as she represented the Longhorns. Another jumper, Stefan McCarter, qualifies in the long jump. Stacey Ann Williams will be representing Jamaica in the 4x4. Um, and then just to reiterate, because I wasn't here last week and I wanted to talk about it. Ryan Krauser threw a, an object that is as heavy as like a, like a small dog. Um he threw it like 80 feet. He smashed a record uh, that was 31 years old in, in route to qualifying for the Olympics. And again, who's your who's your favorite uh, track and field Olympian so far going to Tokyo? I mean, Krauser kind of has to be the pick for me. Dude, uh, they're going to have to literally install bigger pits in Tokyo because uh, Krauser is just tossing things over them. So, yeah, he's the one I'm throwing my uh, support behind. Absolutely ridiculous. Julia Grasso also will be going representing Team Canada in soccer. The first Longhorn Olympian in soccer. Uh, really excited for her. Jonathan Vegas will represent Venezuela in golf. Ariel Atkins, named to the, the women's basketball team, uh, which is awesome. So excited for her and her, I think, her fourth year. Uh, defensive specialist Kevin Durant will be on the Olympic uh, basketball team. Um, and he's just, you know, one of the best basketball Olympians of all time. I hope he gets his due after leading them to gold this year. Troy Tulowitzki, as well as diving coach Matt Scoggin, both named uh, Team USA assistant coaches in their respective sports. Tulowitzki, obviously baseball. Scoggin, obviously in diving, won't be doing it with Coach Eddie Reese this time, who got six Olympics in. Scoggin, this is his fourth, though. So uh, pretty exciting. Good slate. We, like I said, we'll recap once we have a full uh, finished list uh, heading into July. I'm excited to see KD go for uh, that third gold and, and uh, set some more Olympic records. I think uh, it's just great to see Longhorns representing internationally, really. Yeah, without a doubt. He, he's one of the best to ever do it in the, the NBA as well as the uh, international game. Um, Gerald, let's move it on now to our closing segment. Godzilla Tron, what have you been watching on your giant screen? Yeah, so I watched Predator on Hulu. It was kind of one of those, like, turn your brain off and watch a movie you've seen 15 times while you fold laundry kind of situations. Same as it always is. Dumb fun. Acting's a little terrible, but it's always fun to watch. It's Arnold in the 80s, so what do you expect? I'm also keeping up with one of my favorite weird, like, niche Twitter accounts. If you haven't followed it uh, or haven't heard of it, it's it's um, and like an, an ID4 live tweet it's it's a account that live tweets the plot of independence day over july 4th weekend and so um it's a dumb thing like when you're on twitter like when my kids are napping or whatever to keep up with it and they tweet all the random little moments from that movie and it's really really (laughs) funny they're actually doing some stuff that apparently happened in the backstory that i wasn't aware of a tweet uh just started hitting now and so i'm interested to see uh how those things turn out it's gonna be fun uh, I I will tune in just to see President Bill Paxton's uh, his speech uh, how they tweet that because inspirational as it is. Um, so Gerald, this section I was I was nervous about. What am I going to say? I watched nothing except the waves crash against the shore of Mexico last week. I got back from Mexico immediately, went to a wedding. Uh, like literally got back, went to a rehearsal dinner next day, went to a wedding, and then have been just doing some crazy stuff around the house. So I, I've watched nothing except UT baseball and a little bit of European soccer uh, championships. Um, But I did watch the Mexican uh, ESPN coverage of UT versus Mississippi State in Spanish. And I'll just say that first game was the one that I watched uh, in in the CWS. Uh, It was as brutal in Spanish as I imagine it was in English. (laughs) 
It's been a minute since I've uh, had to frequently speak Spanish, but what is brutal in Spanish? That's the word I want to know. Brutal, uh, ugly, horrible, whatever you want to go with. Um, yeah, I can't imagine it was any prettier in a language you didn't understand. Google Translate tells me it's brutal, but I'm going to say el brutablo, but it was it was bad. But here's the thing, Kyle. I do not feel bad for you at all. Not in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. No hey, lastima. But that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Alan Bowman learned horns always stay up. Hook them. <laughs>